0: Lectionary Lab Live is recorded live in Gainesville, Florida, and Brasstown, North Carolina. Welcome everybody to the Lectionary Lab Live. I'm John Fairless. I'm here with my Bubba Delmer Chilton. Say hey, Bubba.
1: Hey, Bubba. Hey,
0: man. Good to hear from you as we jump in here for texts on the 8th Sunday after Pentecost. These are the text for July the 23rd, 2023. We're going to, we're going to whip through these. We've got some good stuff coming. And uh, I, before I forget this, Bubba, I want to let everybody know what's going to happen here on the lab next couple of weeks, actually next four weeks or so. You've got family stuff to take care of. I've got family stuff to take care of. I'm going to take a little vacation, et cetera, et cetera. And so we want to let everybody know that this week we're live starting on july the 30th and continuing till mm, august whatever that is 20 20th or something yeah. like that four weeks. four weeks um the podcast are, are going to be bonus episodes which means they will be from a previous year. We thought about saying the writers were on strike. Uh and, and we <laughs> we were gonna and have the to the actors think are up.
1: on strike too. Yeah,
0: that's true. But uh we can't lay it off on that. We just got stuff However, the uh uh lectionary lab premium edition will be fresh commentary and sermons commentary by myself sermons uh from delmer and we will keep that and we're going to open the premium edition for everybody for the next four weeks so if you're not usually a premium subscriber take the opportunity and see what we get each week uh in terms of extra comments and the uh the sermon each week we'll get those all out
1: so it's bound to be worth a dollar a week Week.
0: A dollar a week. Yeah, something such. Anything you want to kick in. But um, we'll love y'all and enjoy y'all. And uh, I'm going to be everywhere from Woodstock, New York to Savannah, Georgia, and points in between. I will likely eat some fresh seafood along the way and maybe find some barbecue. And I don't know what all you'll be able to do, Bobby. I know
1: what I'll be doing. My wife's having a knee replacement, and I'll be doing. Bedpans and, 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 and trips to rehab, yeah, trips yeah, yeah. to rehab, and all that. But, you know, it's a, it's all good.
0: It's, it's all good. good. It's what we sign up for, isn't it, Bubba?
1: Yeah. So, yeah.
0: So, thank you all for that. And uh, I want to say a word, too. Just remember, we've got the Lectionary Lab Preaching Workshop coming up in September. That is live on our website, uh, lectionarylab.com. Should be there at the top. Read about it. Get your registration. We hope some of y'all will think about coming on back. We love being face-to-face for the first time in four years. So I think I've got all the word from a sponsor stuff out of the way, Bubba.
1: There you go.
0: Reckon we ought to talk some text? We should. Well, let's do it, man. Kick us off. Telling me what you got on your mind today. So this
1: is uh, Pentecost 8, July 23, 2023, and I didn't go looking for a theme today, but as I was reading a couple of short words and a couple of the six texts leapt out at me and i started looking closely and so here's here's the theme i think you want to look for as you read these texts is a theme that's yeah one side or the other of do not be afraid yeah god is with you that'll work do not be afraid god is with you uh that showed up in isaiah and in Romans, uh, variations of that. But it, as you look at the other text, you can find that this is really the theme underneath what the the, the writer uh, the is getting at in this communication. So you you got, in Genesis, you got Jacob. And if you think about it, he's got danger behind him and danger in front of him. He's running from one thing.
0: Young Jacob he's on the run. Yep.
1: On the run. He's, he's, his smart aleckiness has got him in trouble. And his he man brother is pretty enraged and he took off. And so he's in a no man's land between the promised land and back to where mm-hmm. the family's from. He's going to see if he can get some help from the distant family, the extended family. And, but he's out. Yeah. He just he just stopped where he stopped because it's where he was, so and, he's got danger behind, and do, danger in front. Yeah.
0: And given our predilection for punnery, given in yes. this passage, one could say he's between a rock and a hard place. There two hard go. places. <laughs> yeah,
1: two hard yeah. places. The, yeah, the, yeah the pillow. Uh, and, and in the midst of this, God comes and says, "It's okay. The I'm with you." Mm-hmm. This is you're in a place of God he's and that's don't be afraid, I've got you mm-hmm. psalm one thirty one basically i had a i had a baptist a mountain Baptist preacher who was one of the ones without a lot of education and a lot of spiritual sense, and I do recall him talking about this psalm, I think he was teaching my Sunday school class mm-hmm. one time, yeah, and he said, the meaning of this is Ain't nowhere where God ain't.
0: (laughs) There ain't nowhere where God Where God ain't. I like it.
1: And I've never forgotten it. I was probably 12 or 13. I Mm -hmm. kept saying, every time I run across this text, ain't nowhere Mm -hmm. where God ain't.
0: Now, Bubba, we need to think about getting that on a T-shirt. We've we've been (laughs) kicking around the idea of opening the Lectionary Lab um, merch store, you know, and get us some T-shirts and coffee mugs. That would be a great one right there.
1: Ain't nowhere where God ain't. (laughs) So go down to Isaiah. This is where do not fear or be afraid, Mm -hmm. they are on the cusp of leaving what was captivity, but had become a comfortable place. Again, they're like Jacob. They're about to be between a place they know, but need to leave, Mm -hmm. and a place they want to go to, but they're not sure what's going to happen Mm -hmm. to them when they get there. And there's two good news is exile's almost over. This is known to be about a year before they left. Mm Mm-hmm. Good news is, but they're saying, "Yeah, but you know, you know, it's like sailing off the end of the world. There, they be there be dragons there.
0: <laughs> be dragons, yeah."
1: And Isaiah's word here is, "Do not be afraid." Yeah. they're
0: between a rock and a hard place too. Hard
1: place too. Yeah. And um, uh, Psalm eighty six is is kind of about that same kind of thing of confidence and comfort in trouble, mm-hmm. and you will be okay. Uh, Romans do not fall back into fear. I think that's that's the thing. is he talks about not being afraid, mm-hmm. and we'll come back to that whole spirit, flesh thing. But one of the things he's saying is, when you go to a new space, you think it's good, everything's good, but then you run into again. They're between mm-hmm. the past life of sin, yeah. but the Spirit has, isn't exactly what they thought it was going to be. Yeah, They're still having trouble. And he said, don't be afraid. Yeah. The Spirit is with you and leading and guiding you.
0: They were learning that it's a little hard to just reach out your hands and grab up the Spirit. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a lot more internal and, and there other ways to, to work things out here. So that's, and,
1: and Matthew, here's the question that came to me as, as we re- looked at this. And uh, the the core of this text is the matthew to the early church and they are apparently quite active in trying to root out evil in their midst well why do people turn on each other in those kind of situations and it's always always fear Mm -hmm. afraid of what might happen if we don't get you know this thing Mm it's not the same you know they just we got to get rid of these people we got to purify things and it's all about fear and the message in this Matthew is don't fear. God's got this. Mm-hmm. God's God'll take care of this, Judge. Yeah. God'll take care of this. Don't 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 get afraid. Don't get act don't 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 mess up. Yeah. So throughout I think there's this kind of don't be afraid, fear not, don't act out of fear, act out of faith because God is here and God is here with you. Let's walk through the text. Let's do it, man. Genesis 28, 10 through 19a is um, this text as we have it is a mix of the two traditions that we find a lot of in in uh, Genesis, the Yahwehist and the Elohimist. It's a pretty coherent story, but you can tell a couple of things. For one thing, you start with angels ascending and descending, and then suddenly there's Abraham standing next to Jacob in his dream. <laughs> so it's kind of, you can sort of start picking up on two different traditions mm-hmm. there, and the th- one of the, one of those things is both of these are stories that, at root, are an origin of sacred place stories. And you have a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Um, how did this holy place, this house of God, get its name? And there are several different stories in Genesis that, that come up with Bethel and what happened at Bethel. This is another one of them. Uh, so that's a part of what's going on here. Uh, This is the third installment of the promise, of Abraham's promise. Mm -hmm. There's Abraham, and then you've got renewed with Isaac, and now here we come with Jacob. And there's a question. Why does Jacob, who was not the oldest and was not, Mm -hmm. clearly wasn't a good guy, (laughs) um, how does he end up? the father of the 12 tribes, the father of Israel. Yeah. And uh, he's a, how odd of God to choose Jacob. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, About a month and a half ago, I preached a sermon on uh, the original story of this blessing and Abraham and Sarah, in which I called it, why does God bless bad people? Mm. Talking about the, Sarah's manipulations and throwing Ishmael and and Hagar into the wilderness mm-hmm. and, and Abraham's lying and letting his wife be taken into harem. You know, mm-hmm. why did God pick Chosen? Well, this is even double down here with Jacob. <laughs> um, he's yeah. a grasper, a cheater, an opportunist. And one of the things that... that, that that we have to remember as we preach this is that the scripture is not a Judeo-Christian version of Aesop's fables, mm. stories with morals. Yeah. We're always looking for the moral. And, and over the years, Sunday school teachers and Victorian preachers and such have shoehorned sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kind of nice behavior morals into it. Right. Well, this is one of those stories that frustrates us because there's no way to find that here, really. Yeah. That these, these stories are biblical witness that in spite of us, in spite of our humanity and our failure and our manipulations, God has a plan, not so much for us individually, but for humanity. And God will use whatever means.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And God acts graciously toward us and in the lives of the people God acts graciously toward. We find that grace changing them. Right. Afterwards, they don't get mm-hmm. the grace as a reward. They get mm-hmm. the grace because God chooses. That's it. And that grace changes their life.
0: Those of our listeners, I'm fairly certain, we've got more than a couple of science fiction fans. And these days, it's if you're a drama fan, you can watch the production of uh, Foundation, uh, based on the yep. books by Isaac Asimov. Yes. And there's The Grand Plan of Harry Seldon, and, yep. and uh, et cetera. and the the thing that keeps recurring is there's Seldon's plan, and the people in the show have various levels of faith in it, and you know some oppose it, and some are trying to help it come to pass. But you get Seldon himself reminding them that the plan cannot account for the actions of individuals. They're individuals, that's it. It all overall the plan is proceeding, and Isomoff. Uh, I have no idea whether his Jewish background came into him. Uh, writing these stories or not. But you can, in the same way, say, yes, God has a plan. God's made a promise. The, the covenant is continuing, and it is always about God's faithfulness in fulfilling that covenant. Um, but <laughs> you've got the actions of individuals that come along and continually threaten the plan, right. continually yeah. threaten it. And it's really a story about how God continues to work Basically, in spite of often right. the actions of these individuals.
1: Well, uh, this was not original with Luther, but he did like to quote it as a mm-hmm. medieval proverb in which he said, "God draws straight with crooked sticks." Mm. You can see somebody out yeah. with a crooked stick drawing a straight line there you in go. dirt, and that's what he said that, uh, and this applies to morality and the way God works. God draws straight with crooked sticks. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the message here. And the other part of the message mm-hmm. is that here is here is Jacob feeling all alone and suffering the just uh, mm-hmm. result of his behavior toward his brother.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he doesn't know what's going to happen. He, I mean, if he's out by himself with a bag over his shoulder, uh he is now where hagar and ishmael were some years ago yeah he's out wandering and god comes and says i'm 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 with you mm-hmm. i'm the god of abraham god of your daddy and uh you're going to have this land you're going to have this these folks and it's going to be okay yeah and then there's of course the bethel the house of god the place and uh beautiful story and underneath it is this sense well what's important is to preach i think preach the sense of when we feel lost it's important to remember that god is present with us every place is bethel Mm -hmm. because god is everywhere and god is god is with us whether we deserve god's presence or not that question, "What did I deserve? Do to deserve this, whether it's good or bad, isn't doesn't matter. It's mm-hmm. not not an. There's no answer to that question because we don't deserve. We receive. There you go. Psalm one thirty nine. As I said, you know, um, ain't nowhere where God ain't. God knows us. Is one of the wonderful lines in all of that too. Is that God knows and uh, knows us so deeply. But here's the thing. We think about God knows us, and I was raised with this God knows everything. But what what I was raised on is God knows what you did.
0: Mm, God's going to get you, boy.
1: So this is not God knows what you did, as in I know what you did last summer. Mm. And if you don't pay, you know, it's not I God knows what you did. It's God knows who you are. Who you are. You know me Beneath what I did, you know my heart. That is the consistent piece here, God. On the first part we read in this, the first stanza is, "God knows who I who's He searches me, He knows me." The second part is, "And there's nowhere I can go where God won't be there with me. Mm-hmm. I can't run from God." That's where it ties in with the uh, Genesis text, is Jacob thought, felt all along but there was nowhere he could go where God ain't. Yeah,
0: that's it. Uh, I had a thought, I, and it, it, I was so enamored of what went. you were saying. It just <laughs> went on out there. Oh, I know what it was. Just I, yeah. I used to use this a lot in youth Bible study all those years ago, and, and uh, have used it, I'm sure, in adult Bible study too. But this is the God knows you better than you know yourself song. Right. And we, we are in the process continually of discovering who we are. I think that's pretty consonant with the things we've seen in Romans with Paul. We learn some things about ourselves and, and we don't know everything. You know, at 15, though you think you do, you don't know everything. And at 55 or 65 or 75, you still don't know everything, but God does and God is yeah. with us. And yeah, it's a great song. Love it.
1: Um, Psalm, uh, Isaiah 44, mm-hmm. as we said earlier, is the end of the exile, and uh, it's really some of Isaiah's really good news that he's bringing to us. Um, as I read through this, it came to mind that a good Southern expression would f- summarize this, God's fixing to save Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fixing to is a good southern term for I'm not done it yet, but I'm getting everything arranged. I'm
0: I'm just about to, to, yeah, yeah.
1: It's not the same thing as fixing dinner, because fixing dinner, you're actively doing dinner. Mm -hmm. It's um, I'm fixing to get in the kitchen and start on dinner. Fixing to is clearing the decks to make a thing happen. Well, Isaiah said, don't y'all worry, God is fixing to. Release us from exile and take us home. Don't mm-hmm. be afraid. God's got this. Um,
0: yeah. Um, yeah, and not the same as fixing any of the perhaps multiple broken down cars out in the front yard either. No, but no. it's, <laughs> yeah, God's fixing to do this. It yeah, Get ready. Uh, you know, be, be said, cause this is what God is doing. And of course, I do love that last phrase. I, I was joking about it. There is no other rock. Yeah. I know not one. This is where we're gonna, that God is the rock. God is the solid ground. God is the sure foundation that we're gonna walk on and that's gonna support us. It doesn't matter where we go. We've been here in exile. We're going back to an uncertain home in uh, back you know in the in the land that was promised. But it is God that's the rock. It's not that land, it's not this land, and that's why the promise of God being with yes. us wherever we are. That's where it, it comes from.
1: Yeah. Goes, goes. And and Psalm eighty six, um this ties with this about the teaching mainly the tie comes from the relationship of where God is and present with us and merciful what's really what's interesting to me is this psalm goes from help Mm -hmm. I need help an expression of trust and then back to a kind of serious humility of saying I trust you And it comes with that humility. One of the important things is save the child of your serving girl Mm -hmm. is the way this comes up. It's probably better to understand that this was probably the king that was saying this. And this is more intended as as a statement of extreme humility that... In a culture in which status mattered as to whether you got taken care of, the king is owning, it's kind of like the prince and the pauper kind of thing. The prince, the king is saying, I'm nobody to come before you, but you are God and you'll take care of me. And that's Mm -hmm. the dynamic for both Isaiah and Psalm 86 is there is a sense of God is going to do this and we come before him trusting Mm -hmm. So we must not be afraid. Both have the afraidness underneath.
0: God at work saving the high and the low, and all points in between. This is the God of all. Uh, Yep.
1: Romans 8, 12 through 25. I mean, um, this is a continuation of what was going on last week on all of Romans chapter 8. This Big more, chapter. It, yeah. You can get lost in the flesh and the spirit, and this little help here. <laughs> uh, new tonality of what one, some would call moral application. It starts with the word, so then. So when you start with something like, so then, you gotta look back and say, what is he saying? What is this a result of? It's like saying, ergo, therefore, in conclusion, because of this, <laughs> Then mm-hmm. do this. Y'all so, be sure uh, and throw
0: be sure and throw that ergo into the I'll throw ergo in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, see if anybody That'd picks little, Pick yeah. it
1: up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so eight through eleven we had last week is the what. You know the battle between life, the 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 flesh and the spirit, mm-hmm. and the, we have life in Christ, and we don't have to. You know, all, so it's got to there. And so the so then is the so what. John and I in our preaching book talk about sermons. Say you got to tell the what, and then you tell the so what. Yeah. Why does this matter? Paul is on the so what, and what what he's dealing with here is, uh, with the word that's translated debtors in the RSV in RSV tradition i think the NIV and uh common english bible both get it better when they say obligation
2: mm-hmm.
1: because what he's getting at is when you are tied to the flesh there are things you have to do because you're committed to the flesh things when you are to, tied to the spirit then you become obliged to do some things with the Spirit. I, I remember, uh, I, I'm always always getting in a little bit of trouble with the uh, ordination committees. <laughs> and I had a dialogue one time with uh, a member of the North Carolina Lutheran Senate Preparation Committee. Because I had used the word obligation in answer to one of the questions, and he really thought I should use the word opportunity because hmm. he thought I was being legalistic. That's a big no-no amongst Lutherans. You can't be legalistic. Yeah. I'd said yeah. something about remind the church council of their obligations under the gospel. And he went at me for a good while hmm. and kept wanting to know if I wanted to change that. No. And finally, I dawned on me and I told a story about, I said, look, when I was a kid, my daddy knew most of the people walking the road from our house community into town, about seven or eight miles. Most of the people you'd see walking, he knew who they were. Mm-hmm. And he would inevitably pull over and say, Paul, you want a ride? And uh, he'd take him, And then Paul would get to our house. Paul said, you can just let him out here. So daddy said, no, no, I'll take you on home and go three, or four miles, take him home. Then Paul would get out. And then would ensue a 30-minute argument because Paul wanted to give him a crumpled dollar out of his pocket for giving him the ride, Mm -hmm. you know. And Daddy would say, you don't owe me a thing, and they'd argue about that a while. And finally, Paul would say, well, much obliged. Much
0: obliged.
1: Yep. And the point being, he didn't earn getting picked up. (laughs) He didn't pay for getting picked up. Daddy didn't pick him up as a reward for anything. Right. He just carried him. And as a result of being carried, there was obligation Mm -hmm. of response. There's no punishment for not responding. Mm -hmm. He just felt and tried to help. And as I looked at it over the years, I would come out. I came out one. I remember coming out one morning. there's a big bag. The tomatoes on the porch, <laughs> and I took them in. I said, "These were out on the porch," and Daddy said, "Hmm, that must be from Paul." Yeah, Paul Sandy was Paul had, and, his, and Mom and Daddy had big tomato patch, mm-hmm. but there was no requirement. Right, there was an obligation. So, mm-hmm. what he's getting at here is more of expected of life in Christ than mere revelry in the spirit. So he set up, you move from flesh to the spirit and we have life in the spirit. So then here's what life in the spirit is about. Mm-hmm. More is expected because the spirit will direct God lead us. It leads us from fear to faith, from the flesh to the spirit, mm-hmm. from slavery to, to servanthood, from alienation to at one Mm -hmm. meant. These are the Mm -hmm. images there. And Mm -hmm. here's the thing. If you're going to be at one with Christ, then you are going to share in Christ's sufferings. You will suffer Mm -hmm. with Christ, and you will be at one with Christ in his glory. Mm Mm-hmm. What he's getting so uh, well, twelve through seventeen, he's working on this. So then, if you're going to be life in Christ, is not going to be. Oh, finally, everything's going to be fine now. Woo wee! One spiritual weekend, hands in the air, shouting, and you know, it's not all. It's not all praise worship, folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Suffer with Christ. You will be in. This is what life is about. And then 18 through 25, he comes to the next question. Well, how do we bear up under this suffering? Mm -hmm. Again, we are coupled with Christ. And outside the text, then you look at, well, how did Christ bear up? And this is this live in hope. Christ lived in hope. Look back at the Garden of Gethsemane. He suffered, but not my will, but thine be done. That's an expression of hope. He's on the cross. My God, my God, why hast thou abandoned me? That's the suffering. Into your hands I commend my spirit. That's life and death in hope. We live in hope. And then he expands it cosmically that, as you look around, what's going on? All this suffering is like labor pains, mm-hmm. as God is bringing new, the creation into the new creation, yeah. and we're there for this. So you can't birth something new yeah. without this. Yeah. Why? Uh, do not be afraid. The Spirit is with you, mm-hmm. leading, guiding, and directing. Mm-hmm. So live in hope.
0: And that that is it, and you've opened up a way that we can uh, perhaps find a way to talk about. This is not just cross your fingers and hope everything works out. It's not, well, I hope I'm going to be okay. I hope, you know, God will show up and get me through this. It is much deeper than that. It's a hope that is so tangible. You can swear by it, if you will. It's not hope that's seen. It's not something you can place your hands on, but... You know it. This is the kind of hope. And the last thing I want to say before we leave Romans is uh, verse 16, absolutely one of my favorites, that very spirit, capital S, bearing witness with our spirit, small right. s, there's a the reflection of the image of God, you know, from, from creation and this, this sublime, wonderful connection that the spirit of God has with this spirit. That is within us. That's We might all split some hairs over some theology here. I was thinking today about my whole doctrine of original goodness and total depravity. And I'm not trying to lose the reformed uh, ones of our listeners. But to me, that's something that doesn't go away. That connection. The Spirit of God bearing witness with our spirits. God's yep. up to something. We're children of God. All right. Yep. Better move on. All right.
1: Well, Matthew 13, 24 through 30, skip a little bit, 36 through 43. So you got the same pattern we had last week, and it's in this chapter 13, in which we have three teaching moments. So it's one, this is the middle of the three teaching parable moments in chapter 13. Mm-hmm. And this chapter is the middle, the third of five teaching sections in the book of Matthew. Remember, just important to remember that for our purposes. I wouldn't suggest standing up in the pulpit and reminding them the numbers. Just be aware of where you are as, as we're preaching. Um, and what we have is this pattern of a parable and then an interpretation laid on it. Now, it's clear as you look at this, if you know much about Early Palestinian time frame, farming and things, this is not a realistic story. Hmm. Therefore, this one was used by Matthew, it's aimed by Matthew at the early church. I'm not saying Matthew created it. I think it roots back to 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 Jesus, but I think the the hmm. aiming and the way it's reframed and the way it's interpreted is This is really clearly aimed at the early church and a problem in that church. So as we read through this and think through this, we have to ask ourselves the question, the homiletic question, how does this apply to the 21st century church?
2: Hmm.
1: In what way are we still suffering the problem being addressed by this text, by Jesus And by Matthew's use of what Jesus had to say. Mm -hmm. So, first let's talk about the parable itself, the first section, 24 through 30. It is not a realistic story for several reasons.
0: Tell us why you say that, Bubba.
1: All right. Um, Good seeds? What other kind of seeds is he going to sow? (laughs) Who's going to... Hey, Noel! Get get that can in the back where the water's been leaking and the rats been in let's sow those today i yeah. need to get <laughs> no the best seeds you can put out there
0: well and i think the parable's trying to say look there wasn't a problem with the seed to start with exactly right it exactly. was okay. good yeah. seed yeah good seed
1: the owner's not going to be sowing if he's got all these servants anyway the owner's not sowing in realistic farming uh, and here's the really important thing. <sighs> Last week's parable, we needed to know that they actually did sow on the ground, then plow mm-hmm. in, and the seed mm-hmm. went everywhere. Mm-hmm. This week, we need to know they did not wait till the harvest to get the weeds out. Mm-hmm. That just doesn't happen because weeds, they were new that weeds would. Take away kill. from yeah. the growth, yeah. the growth. you got to get them out. And there are ways to do that, you know, so that's not realistic. And through the season, you'd go in and get those out. And here's the thing. The weeds were not just tossed aside. This is a place with minimal wood, yeah. trees available. Mm-hmm. That was fuel. That was used on fires. Mm-hmm. It was thrown in the fire, but with a purpose. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you cook dinner off of those weeds, you know, throw those in there in the mm-hmm. oven with everything else, with dried dung, as they did on the prairies. You mm-hmm. know, this is, this is what you do. So what the story has done is a setup for a day of reckoning. What you're hearing throughout this is almost, is, is very obvious mm-hmm. <clears throat> that God or Christ or whomever spread the good seed, there's wheat there. There's weeds there. Mm-hmm. And the image of the wheat being used and growing and the weeds being burned is very realistic. That one's realistic. So the real point is he takes this story. Then you get the interpretation. So you get that story. And the real point here is that the early church was trying mm-hmm. to purge the church. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, And you look, you all you got to do is look at Paul's letters or anything else from the early church and say this is realistic. That we're always trying to say who's in, who's out. From the very beginning, the church has not been perfect. We have not been open and inclusive. We've had trouble figuring out how to be inclusive. We judge it by Jews, Gentiles, slave, free. Eight, Galatians 3.28 would not have been written if there had not been a problem <laughs> yeah. with separating yeah. out Jews from Gentiles and slaves from free. Yeah. Greeks from, you know, there was, they've always struggled. And this is what a Matthew is using this story of Jesus to say, no, we're not purging. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, we're n- not going to purge the church of the people that you, do, for whatever reason, think don't belong. Because that is a disastrous mm-hmm. answer. Yeah. I'm going to talk about why then and why now. Yeah. First of all, it talks about it's premature. You know, This is why it says don't do it until the harvest. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't work with farming, but it works with spirituality. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> We're all on a journey. None of us are finished yet. You don't, the first time somebody messes up, you don't go pull them up and throw them in the fire. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You wait and see if it straightens up. It's premature. Secondly, going and stomping around the field, he says, you're going to destroy the peace and tranquility of the church, and you will destroy the faith of the faithful. Yep. And the third one is, ultimately, judging belongs to God. We get to the end. And here's an important thing. This is not the end of each of our individual lives. This is at the end of creation, at yeah. the end, the day of judgment. It all belongs to God, and we are not God.
0: We are not God.
1: The great line from Rudy, I know the priest says, I know two things. There is a God, and two, I'm not him. Yeah. We're not God. So ultimately the point of this, those three reasons why you don't go out and pull up the weeds, the ultimate lesson is don't worry about evil doers. God's got this. Mm-hmm. Don't be so afraid and so yeah. desirous of perfection that you go destroy the church. We have been. I'm, this is 21st century. We've been destroying the church for the last 20 or 30 years, easily. Yeah, in a for various crusades for purity.
0: Right. We're going to pull out weeds. Behavioral. Yeah.
1: Behavioral. We always go back and say, "This is about biblical witness. This is about theological right." But it's not. Hmm. It's about who's in and who's out, and who who are you afraid of? And who do you not want to deal with? Mm -hmm. And what are you afraid of? And I, you know, I personally, as an assistant to the bishop in the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, dealt with a lot of disruption relative to homosexuality in the late 2009, 2010. A lot of conversations, a lot of churches. And most of the people that were so vehement about this and they just destroyed, disrupted and destroyed congregations Mm -hmm. and their urge was to purge.
0: I feel the need. Yeah. The urge to purge. Yeah.
1: The urge to purge. And all of these reasons, it was premature. Uh, You, you don't, we don't decide God does. We limits, put some limits on all our behaviors. And that has nothing to do with orientation. It has to do with how Christians treat one another and how Christians behave in relationship to one another. And mm-hmm. that's important. But you don't you don't run around just removing people because mm-hmm. of who God made them. Yeah. And we've all looked at, and now you can look at various denominations across the board and various issues. Homosexuality is just one of the latest. ones.
0: Mm-hmm. It's As a long are, line. A uh, long line
1: yeah. running around trying to get rid of people.
0: Y'all circumcised because, or uncircumcised. I mean, this goes all the way back in the history of the King church. you a King
1: Jimmy Bible? Or, yeah. Or we, you, are you an inerrantist or an infallible? What yeah. do you believe about the Bible? We do it over and mm-hmm. over again, and we claim it's about the objective truth when it's really about our subjective fear that we don't trust God to sort this out. And our job is reconciliation Mm -hmm. and peace. As much as it is possible and in your hands, keep peace. Our job is sharing the gospel and loving one another. Mm -hmm. It's God's job to decide at the end of time which way things go.
0: We get so wrapped up, we we forget. Again, look back at the beginning of the parable, okay? What is Jesus trying to do here? Well, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to this. Yeah. All right, so we, within the work of God's kingdom, there is still stuff that just happens. It just It just doesn't become perfect. It's kind of like that narrative we spoke about when reading the story of Genesis. The covenant of God didn't happen through people that were just perfect all the time and nothing ever messed up and, you know, all of these kinds of things. And the kingdom of heaven works the same way. We don't need to be getting so all fired up (laughs) about trying to be the gardeners and the tenders ourselves. We need to be sowing seed. And we, as we said last week, and we need to be, um, Trust in God to take care of us. Well,
1: and I would I argue that at the end, it doesn't say this one go, is grain and this one over here is wheat. As weeds, it needs to go into fire. I think fire purges our souls. Mm-hmm. And it, it's Alexander Soltz line about where the line between good and evil goes right through the middle of every human heart. And what is going to be removed... Um, is not going to be certain individuals get to go to heaven, certain ones get to go to hell. I think that which is the weeds in our own life and the final judgment will be removed with a strong shot of God's painful but healing love.
0: And there you have it, sports fans. Dr. Del Modu right explains it all. And uh, we're we're relatively consonant in our views, Delmar and I, and we we love uh, talking about this stuff. There will be lots of time for talking and discussing and telling stories and everything else at the Lectionary Lab Retreat coming up in September. How's that for a smooth segue oh, there, Bubba? Wonderful segue. Uh, um, Yeah, so we hope y'all will think about coming to join us, and we appreciate everybody uh, tuning in today. Uh, we will be back live uh, here on the Lectionary Lab Live in uh, four weeks or so. But uh, in between, we'll be thinking about you. We're going to leave some good stuff behind. And uh, Bubba, I don't reckon there's much else for us to do today other than to tell everybody bye.
1: Everybody bye.
0: Lectionary Lab Live is a Two Bubbas and a Bible production. Our opening theme is Next Steps, performed by Half.Cool. We go out today with a custom oh God, setting of Psalm 139, you God, You, you know Search Me, written and performed by the late friend McKendry. Open
2: to your gates When I walk or lie down, you go before me Never the maker and keeper of my day You know my resting and my rising You discern my purpose from afar You are with me beyond my understanding In every moment, life and death you are